Well, I am so thrilled to have you here for Lady Red Live, the podcast, season two. I'm your host, Kylie Fisher, aka Lady Red, and this is Ship to Shore. This season, I talk with my friends from the cruise ship industry who have literally had their worlds turned upside down. We chat about ship life, crew life, traveling the world, and of course, the pandemic that we are literally living through right now. I believe that their stories need to be heard, and I'm so thankful that each and every one of them have entrusted me to share their journeys. And if you're not already following me on the gram, head over to Lady Red Live. And in the show info, you can find out more on who was on the episode. All right, guys, let's get the show on the road. This is Ship to Shore. Welcome to another episode of Lady Red Live, the podcast. This is Kylie Fisher, your host for season two, Ship to Shore. Where are they now? I have the privilege to chat with a really great guy that I met out at sea. He's from England. He said already today that he's freezing where I am dying of 30 plus heat at seven o'clock at night here in Australia. Welcome to summer, all the Australians who are listening. So without further ado, I would love to introduce one of the most pleasant people to work alongside, the one and only Mr. Tyler, all the way from the UK. Say hi, my dear. Hello, everyone. Hello, Kylie. Thank you for having me. Oh, that proper English accent. It makes me want to create all my vowels for this episode to be nice and clean. Nice and clean, front of the mouth and everything. Do you have a cup of tea? I'm just going to check. No, Do I don't. I don't have a cup, unfortunately. I've got no milk. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I looked in the fridge this morning. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, that's the worst. And I'm doing almond milk at the moment. And when friends oh, yeah. come over and I'm like, Oh, I don't have any milk, so thank God there's a cafe across the street because I can be like, oh, we'll just go get coffee there, which is Oh, great. that's amazing. So let's start off the amazing show with uh, letting us know what you did on board and uh, how many contracts you've done, if you can think of it that way, mm-hmm. and how you got into it all would be amazing. Okay, so I was a uh, dancer-singer on board, Um along with being the seamster. So I fixed all the costumes. So that was great. So got my creative skills on that. Um, uh, it would have been, I would have just finished my third contract with a particular company, but um, yeah. And then, oh, geez, how did I get into it? Okay, so I obviously fresh out of college, went straight to, uh, my agent was like, we've got an audition for you. Um, I went and then, yeah. Here I am. <laughs> now, I remember when we met that you said mm. you'd never been on a plane before, I think. No, yes. It was my first time actually leaving the country. So everything was new to me, like languages, food. <laughs> um, yeah, everything was, I tell you now, the first time I like, actually, I think I left this time. I left in December two years ago for my first contract and Needless to say, I was like a shaky mess in that airport. I was like, it's the first time going on an airplane. I'm by myself. I think that was a thing that I was by myself. So I, yeah, I was was like, (laughs) every time. And first time, obviously going from the East Coast to West in America, that turbulence, I thought the plane was going down. I I was like, something's happening, something's happening. Yeah, it was my first time, and then obviously first time being on a ship. That's yeah, that's when I met you. The first time being on a ship. Mm, mm. Yeah. What a what, what a culture shock! So going from yeah. literally never leaving England, proper proper English boy, and then you yeah. are in the big wide world. How incredible! Yeah, I was I was lucky and very fortunate enough to go in the first place because obviously there's thousands of people that would love that job, but. Um, I was very happy and very fortunate and I got to spend literally six months in LA. So that's brilliant. <laughs> Amazing. Um, do you have a favorite port, favorite place that you love to go to? Oh, I love, 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 love uh, Cozumel. Cozumel, like 
is like oh I love it everyone there like you would literally go to like one restaurant and they know your name straight away yeah I actually think I was at no name in Cozumel and then there's your name on the menu <laughs> I was like lady red <laughs> It's amazing how many people now since they updated that menu that I get a little Instagram message and it's like, what the hell? Like, when did you get on the menu? And I was, um, I just was regularly always there. Like yeah. that was my go-to. I And then because that was my go-to, I would just tell everyone that's where yeah. I'm going. And so then it just became where yeah. we went. Like it was either that or El Cid and I went to El Cid and walked in and I was like, this has no yeah. vibe. I need no. vibe. And then I'd end up DJing at No Name, changing the music, you know, like free tequila. I've got a tequila oh my God, tattoo. Yeah, free. Yes, yeah, yeah. I remember that tattoo. So I think I've got a little place in my spirit for, um, in my heart for Cozumel too. And I also yeah. holidayed there. I got a wisdom tooth out, which yeah. maybe don't do people. Don't do that in Mexico. Just <laughs> going to say. Like, yeah. I blew up. Like, it's, oh, it was crazy. no. Um, I love, I love Cozumel. Love it. Love the food. How yeah. love how cheap it is. Um, there yeah, was a that's... time where I was like, I could go for six months. I could legit go for six months just because I wanted to learn Spanish yeah. and just be able to be there and learn Spanish. Yeah, I think it's obviously from the first because that was my second contract. I went to Cozumel, but being on the other side of Mexico and my first contract is completely different. You just don't realize how different it is. And I'm like, I love Cozumel, and you get to meet all your friends all the time as well. You you're never not docked with another ship so it's always good i'm loving it i'm loving it uh do you feel like you've got a embarrassing moment on stage and or like a great memory that you just know oh, that you'll never forget no yes i do especially on my first contract <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so i'll say first contract being first time out and everything um i actually have two embarrassing stories very embarrassing stories um so my, I was performing one of the shows and one of the shows, there's a rig that goes out into the audience, like a T-shape, like a little catwalk and finish the show, blah, 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 like go to do like the last move. And as I step up, I miss my footing and fall completely backwards off the thing, like 10 foot down into the audience. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, so that was that. And then that was like, I stood up, back up, like, bevels up like hello and take pictures but yeah um and then literally I would say probably about two weeks later I was doing the the other show on the ship and again it was the finale and I did a leap and came down wonky and then uh severely sprained my ankle <laughs> uh yeah and then I was in a car so uh, unfortunately because of the sprain and like ligament damage because Tyler being Tyler got up and did the second show with this busted ankle um, thinking, oh, it's fine. It's just a little, little twist. And then I looked down, I had this big mammoth ankle, like, oh, it's, I think of it now. And I'm like, no. Um, yeah. So then I was in a cast for four weeks, but, and then I got back in the shows. So, Amazing. Yeah. And then they didn't send you home for that four weeks. You were no. able just to stay on board. Yeah. So for the four weeks, I was able to stay on board to do, um the rest of my like other duties so i would sell bingo cards um luckily i had a um entertainment director who i absolutely loved and supported me throughout so that was good and my cast manager absolutely amazing hands on heart like one of my best friends but um yeah so i was kept on board because i was able to sing backstage do my my uh, my little harmonies there but then i was fixed costumes and yeah just it was nice to be kept on. If I think if I went home, that would have been a disaster. Yeah, yeah. for sure. How is it? Um, how was it for your mental mental state, knowing that you just had to just wait to heal? Like I know sometimes if you're able to be in a home environment, mm. it wouldn't be as heavy. But being on the ship, knowing that you can't perform, knowing okay, they've held me here. This is great. Did you feel like you went through any of that, like getting frustrated? Yeah, I I did several times. Um, Obviously, for like the first couple of days, you're still going through that. Am I like, it's not that bad? Like, I went, oh, it's not that bad. Honestly, I was like, these, no, it's not that bad. I was like, I'm fine. I could walk on it. Um, 
but actually now thinking of it I really couldn't I was just you know trying to be Billy uh, Billy Big Bulls sorry um, <laughs> but um no I uh I generally went through a very I would say like the, the three weeks a very dark very dark place like I would probably sometimes be backstage and be I'll be singing but I'll just be crying at the same time because seeing everyone like run around in the costumes and like just like I ended up I was like I can't watch the show anymore because I was like just even though it was just for four weeks I was still it was still like heart-wrenching because I'm like I should be out there mm. but yeah that was that was a I would say I did get a very dark place and I would, wouldn't leave my room I wasn't allowed off the ship anyway um so I think that that kind of didn't help as well so, so I actually felt like I was kind of like trapped there mm. um and I think if I was I did have the ability to get off even though yes I was on crutches and a wheelchair like I think that would have helped me mentally but yeah no after than that I like had the support from friends and like people would bring me nuggets back off the ship they'll come and get me McDonald's it was yeah all the presents and everything but yeah I think there, there was some dark times there there was some dark times <laughs> mm-hmm. but then I came back stronger than do ever feel, yeah, yeah yeah do you feel um yeah that that made you grow and made you a better performer knowing like you just got to sacrifice like sometimes when I would have really bad vocal nights and I would know if that was a bad vocal night at least two nights later I'd be off yeah and I would always try and tell my music supervisor 48 hours ahead Mm -hmm. and go I'm just letting you know I'm tired tonight yeah in two days time I'm gonna need a day off and I would usually get it close to my normal day off so I could get a good two days off good but then mentally it was still so hard because all I wanted to do was be with the guests and do my job. Yeah. But this had to sometimes come first. Yeah. And it's really hard. I think I totally agree with you. I, like, I was like literally the person going, no, I want to do this, I want to do it. I was always the first to put my hand up. And I'm, I'm a people pleaser. I love pleasing people. Um especially if like certain guests would come back back on board just to come watch the shows and stuff and I was just like well I'm here to entertain you and I think it's, it's my blood to entertain so I was a bit uh. <laughs> but then um it it did um I got to say like when I was finally back in the shows I I was frightened every time it came to the certain part in the show I would literally do it with my eyes closed which isn't the best thing, but um, yeah, I did come back and I was more knowledgeable of what my body can do and what I needed to do as well, because I was always that person that didn't just give a hundred percent. I gave like 117% as my particular cast manager would say, she was like, you're always 117%. Let's just bring it down, bring it down. Like, and I'm, I, I'm just always, I'm that go, 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 go person. But I've learned from that, that, listen to your body listen to what you know and just just chill Tyler just chill (laughs) amazing and sometimes we sometimes our sometimes our 80 Mm percent is someone's the viewers 117 yeah so it is very true to be aware of what you can actually physically give because our we actually probably give more than what we what we think we're giving yeah exactly and I sometimes would be like uh that especially with me I would come back and I'd be like oh I didn't I wasn't on this I wasn't on that and they were like absolutely not like you were on it like don't and I'm like no if I'm we're out like I would say I'm my own worst enemy I'm such a bad critic to myself but at the end of the day I just I've got to chill <laughs> awesome yeah it was very good um speaking of contracts and speaking of injuries Mm -hmm. we have chatted on the phone before about how the difference between the contract where I met you and how beautiful the cast was together and you guys just the synergy between Mm -hmm. you was just perfect it was so great how have you experienced other ships and do have you felt like you've ever had any times where you have sensed 
um, loneliness or not fitting in like I have before. I totally know what it feels like. Um, but I know now looking back that I probably dealt with it, with it right and then wrong in other situations as well. Like, do you have, have you got anything like that? Yeah, actually, um, I, as you said, like my first cast, like I absolutely loved every single person in that cast. Um, like our energies, everything, like we just, it was just, everyone said that we're just such a perfect cast together and we've all come out being the best of friends. But um, I then went straight into like four weeks later, came home um, and then went straight to another ship. And I like hand on heart, like everyone individually, absolutely love, but it to me, I just felt really like out of place. And I, I, it was, it was hard. Like there was people that have worked for the company like 10 or odd years. So they, they know everyone and been everyone. And it was that mixture of, okay, I'm quite new. I'm still new still. So it was, it was very hard. And I feel like everyone was, there was too, I always said there was too many uh, cooks in the kitchen. And sometimes that's, yeah. And I found that that quite difficult and half the time I would go um go to say for instance Cosmo and just I walk around Cosmo by myself and obviously that's not nice but if I had to deal with that if I'm like look I've got a busy night tonight I just need to clear my head yeah it was and the the particular ship was was a very taskful ship it was double the amount of duties and double the amount of everything else double the amount of port so I kind of felt like ah <laughs> so it was trying to trying to get my head around that and then obviously learning completely new, sh- uh, new, new shows and it was still trying to there was always there was I would say like every cruise there was always something new that we either had to do or something had to change or like a lot of cast changes it was yeah it was it was a difficult ship I would say (laughs) did you did you sense did you sense the difference from rehearsals or did you feel like it built when you got actually on the ship um I noticed it in rehearsals I would say after literally probably like the first or the second week coming into the second week so I was at rehearsals for about five weeks so um coming into the rehearsals in like the second week I started to notice there was a bit of a bit of a dividence between a couple of us and not knowing why and I was like I want to be friends with everyone and like vice versa so it's it was hard to I feel like (laughs) it was hard for me to go from one really good cast to a very talented cast but then it was just uh, there was no glue really I felt like there was something missing yeah, I've I've had that before yeah. many, many years ago. Um, I was a singer in the cast for another company and my first contract, same thing. Everyone was just amazing. And then I came home for 10 days and then my position got fired. So I went straight back because, of course, it was my straight line. And the same thing, everyone in that team pretty much had been around for a hot minute and they treated me like I was new and I'm like that's my track like I left 10 days ago I remember one of the girls saying I put my shoes there for like the last um, change and I was like well I put my shoes there and that's my sound that's my dresser and it's only been not even been two weeks and I remember coming backstage to do the quick change before the curtains reopened for the encore and she'd kicked all my stuff to the side and so my my dresser was standing there holding my stuff because she kicked it across. So we Picked all probably away. know what I did in return, but hey, I'll leave that to your to your <laughs> imagination, to you knowing me well or not. But I'm pretty sure that you guys know uh, what I'm what I what I, I must know. have done to her clothes, <laughs> and she didn't make it out for the encore. But hey. Um, like that's one experience and then um, recently when I've been piano bar doing short contracts I got on a ship and normally I fit in really well Tyler you know go to crew bar meet people chat 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 
and there was just this energy within the music team and the and the and the cast that they just didn't want to have anything to do with me and it was really weird and I was actually there for quite a long time and we had a few overnights and on this um, particular ship I would sometimes finish my venue at 9 p.m I'd be doing the dinner set so I'd be in crew bar having a glass of red waiting for people to come in to chit chat and they would all come in do their thing smile and smirk at me and go we're going off the ship have a fun night like real real narky real bitchy and it really hurt because it was the first time I'd experienced not being accepted because in school and stuff I really dealt like had to deal with not being accepted being different um but it taught me to just go to my room watch watch a movie call a friend you know at the time call my boyfriend and it was okay to not have to be social but it was still tough if that makes sense it was still tough um do you can you share anything else on that yeah like actually I would say you've literally hit the nail on the head with that like um I think especially coming from a cast like I always link the last two contracts together because I was like really good and everyone's so good and clicked but then going back to I would go as you know go to crew bar after a show and just like just chill because your adrenaline is still going it's 11 o'clock 12 o'clock midnight by the time you put your clothes away it's half 12 yeah your adrenaline's still going you're like I can't go to bed I've still got glitter all over my face but I can't go to bed right now um so I would go back uh to the behind the bar and just have a glass of wine and I, I thought that was the norm I honestly because of my last contract I was like well this is the normal I had I made some of my best friends in the crew bar um like you and Chloe and everyone so it was you got you get to meet everyone there but then I felt this particular ship and the, the particular cast it was if I went I would go by myself and sometimes I would always hold out going is anyone gonna come no 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 one and then I'd be like okay well the bar's closing so I just go because I feel like with me if you are in the cast yeah you're in the cast but we need to have the outside relationship as well there's no point you build a relationship because that can fight that converse on the stage and I felt very hostile in that in that environment and it, it began to take its toll and I got to uh, mid-contract and I got to the point where I was like I have no friends I don't want to be here what do I do like I would talk to loads of people made it very very obvious that I was was not happy and it yeah it just got to that point where I was like no I don't know if this this is it me anymore but it just shows mm. you how people can make a contract you don't make a contract is what people can do and now I've learned okay like not everything can be the same Tyler don't always <laughs> like don't always like link it to everything like everyone's different everyone does deals in their own way like people can go okay finish the show all I want to do is go to bed they don't always have to hang out with Tyler they don't always have to do this like I've learned from that but in the particular time being on the ship environment as well I feel like you start to think and overthink and I'm such an overthinker like Tyler you know <laughs> I'm such an uh, mm -hmm. overthinker so I would sit there and just be like everyone hates me like no one likes me am I like I'm a crap like what what's going on so then I would then go back to my cabin and it would just that would overlay and it just got too on top of me and it was yeah it was I wouldn't say like it wasn't the best of places but I've learned a lot character wise for myself what to do for next time hmm. were you able to finish the contract or did you end up leaving uh unfortunately I ended up leaving um to to deal with my mental health really um yeah, yeah. it I <laughs> sorry it got to a point where obviously being away from home and like there was family illnesses so there was that playing in my mind lots of stuff happening at home um it got to a point where I was feeling so down and so so vulnerable where anyone could say anything and I would just go into a ball and cry and that's not okay the fact that I would literally be at the side of stage floods of tears because someone said something to me or 
I've taken something wrong to how someone said something to me like I that that's not fair that's not okay for anyone really like not just me but anyone um mm. but then I it got to a point where I'll go okay yeah like shows on curtains up tits and teeth um do the show but then deep down I was I was just not happy not happy at all and I felt uh it was the right time for me to go just so I could get back to normal get back to smiley Tyler because it it did affect and when I came off into so on Christmas time um obviously it's very hard time it's very hard time for everyone um but this was my first Christmas on a ship so I was learning a lot and got to a point where I just I just wanted a hug <laughs> I wanted a hug a hug from my a hug from my granddad hug from my nan so it was that point where like I was just like I, I just need I just need a cuddle I need a, I need a touch from someone so um it actually took where in Cozumel actually on Christmas day luckily enough to be on a beach on Christmas day sorry everyone um in my little speedo trying to my cheeks you know um I uh, docked with a fellowship and friends as well from the studios uh, I had one of the supervisors that was at the, the particular port who I've become like so close with like we regularly FaceTime and phone call all the time text me all the time saying how I am it was him that kind of told me that I wasn't okay for because he didn't see me for three months so it was that it kind of then drawn on me. I'm like, no, I'm I'm not okay. Um, I've always been a skinny skinny person, like slight. But it got to a point where I didn't I didn't realize really that it did affect me like physically, and I didn't notice. I thought, oh, it's because of the shows. Like the shows that I was doing was particularly like cardio. Like one of the shows, I was nonstop running, literally on the spot. Like I would say that I did probably about ten k in just one show so it was I I just thought oh it's fine and like the food on the ships is very <laughs> very fast as to especially for a brickety and I'm fussy anyone knows that I don't do mixing on my plate I don't I do like if it was me I would just have nuggets or cucumber and tomato like <laughs> but it got to a point where I, d I didn't notice and he then showed me a picture of how I was in the studios and then he was like, look at the photo that we just took now. And I was like, oh. And I think that was a wake up call for him to say, look, it's okay for you to go home. It's okay, you're not seen as a quitter. You're not seen, and I think that, that was my issue. It was, if I went home, I don't want to let anyone down. Didn't want to let my family down my mum especially because I've worked really hard to get here um but it was that point I didn't want to let anyone down or anyone in the cast down as much as as much as there was differences but we all got on I just didn't want to let that side down and it got to a point where I was like no for me for me to carry on and go into the world of performing and for me to not uh, like for me to get back the love that I love uh, for what I do because I got to a point where I was hating to perform and that's not me I'm, I'm a performer like I'm glittering tits and you know a bit of zhuzh and sparkle but it got to a point where yeah I, I was not happy so I, I went home and dealt with myself um, I started afresh got a new flat um, was ended up going okay I'm home, wasn't particularly meant to be home, but I'm a strong believer on everything happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. You, you weren't meant to be there, Tyler. You were meant to be home. Because as soon as I got home, I had the support from family, I had support from friends from here and back in America and et cetera, but I had auditions straight away. I was able to go, right, I need to, pick your shoes up, get yourself, put, uh, put your face on. And literally two days after landing, I went straight into an audition and literally booked the next job. 
and yeah and then was meant to go on my next ship so then I I was actually um which approached by the studios again and the casting and they were like what are you doing how do you feel like that to me I was like well they must one they must really like me and two I'm very good at my job <laughs> so I think that was a and I think I had a lot of friends, especially in the casting, that were, let's let's get let let's see what he's doing. Let's let's see how he is. And I feel like the support from that, I hands down would say that was very good. Um, so then I was, I thought about it. It took me a good two weeks to really think. I had like a mind map on the table, <laughs> going, what's this? Uh, I forgot this because there was other opportunities for me here, and I felt. At the end of it, after speaking to everyone and like my neighbour, just to go, I need I need a new voice. I need I need someone to tell me what to do, basically. And I I then came up with my own decision, going, look, you didn't have a good time there. It was very hard, but you're not going to do it for anyone else. Do it for you. I need to, I personally, I was like, I need to do this. And it was a, a big, for me to go, yes, I accepted it for me. I then, as soon as I clicked accept and sign the agreement, I did have a cry because I was like, you always have that, oh, should I do it? Should I not? Shall I? And then I was like, no, you're doing it. And I think the Tyler, if you did, if that was me like two years ago or a year ago, I wouldn't be in that situation now. I am stronger than I ever been. I wouldn't. Now I know how to say no. <laughs> I'd always say yes, 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 yes. But now I know, nope, that's not right for me. Or yes, that's right for me. I will do that. And now I've learned. Yeah, you, you know, you know what to do, Tyler. I know what to do with myself and what is good for me. So I said yes. So good. Yeah. I think as well, like within the performing arts industry and growing up within your college and everything, you get taught to leave your garbage at the door, go on stage and perform. Yeah. And you also get taught if you quit, you're going to get a bad name, you're going to get a bad rep, you're never going to get booked again. And if you say no, you're never going to get another opportunity. So because that's like embedded in our brain, that's why you thought I've just got to get through this. I I can't quit. They're going to fire me. Like I won't be able to get another contract. I'll be that guy who always has drama and I'll never get booked again. Okay. That didn't happen. It was too hard to leave your garbage at the door because it was legit the people that you were having to perform with were the ones that you were treating you like shit. Yeah. And then number three, yeah, the company did the best thing was to like a supervisor to see you and go, okay, your well-being is more than mm-hmm. more than important than filling a spot on stage. We can we yeah. can deal with that. We need to get you better. And I'm really proud that the company did that because yeah. that's the most important thing. Yeah. yeah I beautiful I and and that's the thing like I was so grateful at the time obviously it's it's always hard leaving a ship especially leaving early and it was a time of going shall I shan't I but then as much as my gut was telling me especially like you said the college like it was great it's my bread and butter going like this and this and this I was no I have to go home and listening to other people going you're not okay and then I was like okay I'm not okay and that was the first step I was like I am not okay and I've yeah like I'm so grateful (laughs) very grateful to my supervisor who like I love um I'm very grateful beautiful yeah Yay. we're <laughs> Yay. happy that you're good too yeah you are okay now i'm okay now sure. i'm great <laughs> i'm a real boy i'm a real boy <laughs> i love it so speaking of tougher times mm-hmm. we are in a pandemic the yeah. uk is on its second lockdown yeah you might be able to fill us in a little bit about that tell us about um where you were in the world when that all happened. I'm pretty sure, were you in Australia or was Mark in Australia? Mark was in Australia. He literally just docked on his ship. Just had arrived. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's his story. But with you and what's been happening, how you guys have dealt with that, um, being 
no performing, not knowing what's going on. Just tell us a bit of that journey and now how you're feeling at this end of it as well. Yeah, so um, obviously I signed a new contract. I was ready. I was like getting myself, literally packing my bags. I had like, um, even though it was like three weeks, but I was like, if I get this sorted now, be fine. Um, so I literally like the day before everything went into lockdown, I signed my new agreement and everything was going on. So I was in that sense going, I'm going. Um, and then lockdown happened. Um, so I think England especially has as much as for any other country and however, how everyone else is dealing with it, it has been crap, especially in the performing industry, especially when it comes to any sort of form of physical, um, anything, it, it's just, it's been awful because it was straight away, nope, cut, gone. All the theatres shut, all the venues for anyone to perform shut. And we were kind of left in the dark for so long. Whereas a lot of people, so I like, I call it a muggle job. So a lot of people that uh, would work in particular retail or something. So like whilst I was home for me to pay the rent, I was working in retail. So obviously that all shut. So it's at that point of going, what can we do? There's nothing. There's people that I know that are booked West End, like some of my best friends have booked West End jobs, their first West End debut and the show gets cancelled. Everything gets cancelled and they're now out of a job. They quit their retail job just before, like just before. So they, they have no back, basically have no backbone because the government literally are not funding anything. Mm. And I know I shouldn't say anything about government, but I, I believe they could do more, especially when it comes to the arts, they could do more for people, especially that anyone that's worked in cruise ships or worked on tours, international tours or anything like there's nothing like um there's obviously a furlough scheme or a uh, universal credit and there's people like myself i couldn't get furloughed from my particular retail company because i was um i didn't work enough in that year basically yep um so that was very hard so i was having to deal with that and universal credit because i didn't work enough in the uk i didn't have any tax in the uk i couldn't get it because it's based off your tax year so obviously two years being out of the uk i was like oh i i i didn't have any savings i was paying off from college so i was paying everything that i had left over from college that i had to pay i was still paying that so i was like oh no what do i do and i know there's a lot of people and i feel very very sad for people that have ended up going well I'm gonna have to get a, a new job something that they hate and there's people that have now quit the industry because the government have not been able to help them here hmm. and then they turn around and the, the particular government say oh you need to retrain and that's I that's been the hardest saw that picture of yeah the ballet dancer yeah can you explain to everybody um what the government tried to uh promote or implement okay so uh if people have seen that photo it did say um fatima has trained all this year uh has been here but she might her next job might be in cyber and seeing that was a massive punch in the face it was a gut-wrenching photo because they turned around and there was a, an article that went out from the government saying that um, anyone in the arts industry have to go retrain in something completely else. Um, which was, to me, we're trained. <laughs> people have degrees, people have masters in performing, people have, like, it is literally their bread and butter and for someone to turn around and say, well, no, it's not a job. And that to us is really hard. Mm. Like all, like when I go and have a cup of tea on the balcony, I'm talking to some of my dancer friends that live in the same building. Like it is, they don't realize how much effect they did by putting that out. It affected mm. everyone in such a dark place and everyone was going, well, we've got no support. And that was, 
the hardest thing because then the government are trying to get us to learn different things like i i don't know what to do like i had a, a mechanic application and i was like me trying to fix cars <laughs> no <laughs> this don't get dirty <laughs> like no so it was it was that point of well we're not getting support from home where can we get the support from and that's i think that's the thing that's why we're we're trying to get save the arts and trying to get more performing opportunities because at the end of the day performing here in england especially the west end bring literally like 1.7 billion into a week into the like the country so how Man. could they the highest the highest rate of employment here yet now you've got thousands that are unemployed thousands that need help because their their jobs are gone and there's there's nothing so it's it's hard it's very hard and everyone needs a job everyone needs a job so i myself and my partner and everyone else that was that is a performer especially like the fresh graduates that come out of college hoping to get a job and there's nothing a lot of my mm-hmm. friends ended up quitting their dance colleges at the end of their year because they were like well what's there's no industry to go into right now but their colleges Gosh. colleges are closed like dance schools are closed because there there's nothing how, how why why feed more people into the industry if there's no industry to happen and i think that's mm. i think the government really need to pick themselves up and go mm, come on boris <laughs> the, the, the surprising yeah. thing about how it was just focused on the performing arts is i think of all the pilots and the air hostesses and the travel companies and there's so many other things that I could say, right? But nothing comes to my head off the top because that's not how my brain works. But it's not like they did one for pilots and one for performers. They really kind of punched you in the face and said, well, it's not really worth it. Like you're just a dancer, you know, like of course a pilot is a captain or an air hostess is just an air hostess, right? You're still, it's still the same thing. You're still win without a, a career right now. And I totally agree with you that that it, it really, if it got it got under my skin, even over this side of the world, I was just like, dude, like there would have been like rallies probably over here. Like that's just, it's offensive because you've, we've trained for, 10,000 hours plus we've performed 10,000 hours plus that means we are professionals in our industry we've invested thousands and thousands of money into learning our craft we are professionals so telling us to now just go learn how to be a receptionist is totally offensive I understand it from a point of maybe them saying we don't know how long this is going to go on for so maybe shift gears but to me that's just a job like if I need to go do a cafe latte art course because I need to go work in a cafe that to me is just a job it is not my new career it is paying the bills you know what I mean like that is not a job so to make that so clear from a place of leadership within your country. And like you've, you, yeah, you've, you get it. And it's, it's that point of when they say, okay, like, yes, I've had muggle jobs. I've worked in retail, I've worked in this, but it's like when you've got thousands that are going, especially in London, there's hundreds and hundreds of people that are in my, the same position as me going, well, there's no jobs. If they're, say for instance, there is a cafe job that is right now paying my bills, everyone's going to that going to apply everyone's going to apply for this everyone's going and then it's then leaving well like i i am very qualified and like my normal work cv where i've worked in several things and being told oh so what did you do last year because there's a gap when i say oh I, i'm a performer oh okay sorry and then there's nothing so you get so far and then you go to an interview or say for instance and they'll just say oh you're not qualified and they're like well have you seen my cv <laughs> and 
then talking to other people who are in the same boat, who are literally just literally were on the West End going, well, no, I can't even get a, sh- uh, a shop. Like, I can't even get a supermarket job because wow, I was out for a year. And I'm like, that's not fair. We were working. That's career. Darren, Darren brought it up on his episode where we actually have so many qualities with our job that we do with being interacting with, with guests all the time. And he mentioned it's about um, knowing how to phrase your resume. And I was like, that's so true. Like I'm over on this side of the world sending my bio. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so it's, it is, it's, it's going, do we, do we need to create, like Darren said, you know, reach out to him if you need help with yeah. getting it all fixed up and getting a great resume and getting it sounding what is the new way of people saying what they need, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's very true. It's, it is very hard, especially like being on a cruise ship, like, especially like my particular job as a dancer, you're, you're not just dancing, you are hosting other things, you are talking to guests nonstop. Like I would have to, one of my things during the week would sit down and have coffee with some of the guests. It's like coffee with the guests and that that's not a normal job. Well, how, like Margaret from accounting, does she do that? No. <laughs> So I have to really like be the face of the company really and just sit there and I'll talk to everyone. Like I still had to learn the till system when I was setting bingo stuff. I still had to learn different things. So I'm like, I'm not just a one trick pony. I can do other things. And I was very lucky to meet my current employer. Well, unfortunately, because we're in lockdown now, we're closed. But um, I ended up landing a job in a restaurant just by... I put my CV in going, it's another CV, just send it out. Like it got to a point where I was applying for different jobs every single day, getting nothing back. And I just thought it's one of those. I was like, okay, whatever, send it through. And next day I get a phone call. I go to the interview and at this point (laughs) I am so like, please give me a job, please, 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 please. And like, I need to pay, I need to pay for this flat. I need to pay for to eat. Like I'm getting nothing. And as soon as I, I was honest and I explained the situation and lucky enough my boss went to the company like she is cruised she's like she's been there so she was like oh my god you're one of those oh my god you're a dancer like she was like oh my god I love you guys like she she understood and then as soon as I said because of the situation and what's happening I like I haven't got anything like I have friends that haven't got anything and she she was heartbroken for me but at the point where she went so you can do everything and I went yes I she was like but you know how to talk to people you know how to present yourself so I got the job and then became general manager literally in the next day so I'm very grateful for her and shout out to Mayhack I love you but yeah woo woo but um and I'm still I'm still learning different things, but because of that, she's now hired other dancers. She's hired other people because she's going, yes, okay, she wants people that have like waiter or food and beverage things, but she's gone to that point of going, well, no, these people need help. And a lot of them have worked in bars and restaurants. Like everyone like, yeah, so she she's got pit like she's hired dancers. She particularly went out and got dancers. So, like, I'm very grateful for her. Oh, <laughs> plug plug the restaurant, just in case anyone in the in yeah, the UK. Uh, anyone in the UK, especially in London or Oxford Street, Binder's Eatery. Go and look them up on Instagram. Everyone, if the food is so good, right here. Oh, so good, Tyler. <laughs> I just like had a picture like of imagine like a restaurant or whatever, just popping in the in the window, like ex, ex-performers, you are welcome to bring your resume in here. Like people don't understand what we have. Like we, you, we know how to get out of situations. We know how to do crowd control. We know how to probably do CPR. I don't, but I'd probably make like a pretend. I'd put a drama hat on and pretend that I could do it. We know how to 
we're a market. We know how to do marketing. We we know how to sell. We know how to upset. Like there is so many things that we could do, but people just go, oh, that's pretty. You just sing in the spotlight. No, I have to crowd control a bunch of drunk idiots because there's no security around. Do you know what I mean? Like we, they don't, they don't understand. But anyway, well, all the best with the UK, of course, here in Australia, we're on the other end of it. And of course, heading into summer. So that the, the weather was very different for us on this side of the world because when it hit here, it was winter. So we had, you know, everyone knows what I'm talking about. Um, beautiful. Before we wrap up, three tips that you could give anyone wanting to be an entertainer on a cruise ship, three tips that they should take with them. Three tips I should take with them. Uh, three tips from Tyler. Three tips from Tyler. Um, oh, Jesus. Uh, put me on the spot there. <laughs> I would say uh, a tip from me would be go open-minded, open-hearted, and don't overthink. Take just just take it with everything with a pinch of salt and be grateful for the opportunity mm. yeah and pack a, pack a lot of underwear <laughs> i learnt on my first contract to always have at least one pair of clothes in your carry-on because they lost they lost all in of our luggage yeah. from tampa to bus but barcelona yeah. so we had nothing for 48 hours Oh my god! Yeah, I I've learned that um, after seeing horror stories and asking friends, especially going on my first like plane, I was like, I need my clothes. So I had like underwear stuffed in different things, like my in like my like <laughs> my little backpack and everything. But yeah, and also moisturizer is your friend, especially on yes, the cruise ship. The the air conditioning. Yeah. Yeah. Moisturize. That's okay. That is a tip. That's the main tip for me. Moisturizer. <laughs> I love it. That's so needed. Amazing. Well, there it is, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in again for another episode of Lady Red Live, the podcast, season two, Ship to Shore. And if you loved this episode, why don't you share it on the gram, share it on Facebook, share it on whatever you use and get the message out there because my passion is to get their stories heard. So until next time, guys, stay safe, be blessed. This is Kylie Fisher, a.k.a. Lady Red, and this is Lady Red Live, the podcast. Ship to shore.